Get up, come on, get down with the podcast. Your mother get up, come on, get down with the podcast. You get up, come on, get down with the podcast. Open up your eyes and then Mr. Don't talk it. Well done. That was the right choice. It was the right choice. Thank you. Thank you. It really boiled down to can I think of enough of another one of the songs that either of these bands did? And the answer is not a chance. No. Yeah. No way. Welcome in, everybody. Season six, episode eight. Yeah. Things are about to get heavy. And they did. They got very heavy this week. Yeah. What uh, What a week. I'll tell you, I alternated uh, over the course of this week of listening between exaltation and misery. Mm, interesting. That's where very that's. So it was a full wide spectrum. Now, granted. Yeah. Some of the exaltation could have been the silence between albums. I really the, enjoyed that part. I really the like the other things silence. that I listened to this week. Yeah, well, we can't talk about all the other stuff we listened to this week. <laughs> no, I know. Although, man, I'll tell you, I had just my, like, For You playlist running mm-hmm. of, like, these are songs that we think you'll like based on. Sure, sure. And I usually hate that playlist mm-hmm. because I listen to podcast stuff. Sure. And it's like, so it's do like, you are are you list are you, this new Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum? You in? And uh, I'm like, please, uh, no. Yeah, but I got like, I got a couple of Gary Clark Juniors. I got, a a, I got a couple of Leon Bridges. Another I big was, win. I was vibing, bro. I was vibing. Yeah, I was on a bit of a Bowie kick this week. So. Sure. Well, I mean, based on your uh, your discussion yeah. of your next birthday album, exactly. I can understand why. Well, uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead? And, <laughs> I guess let's and, just get into this. Yeah, let's just let them know who we're. Of doing course. Today. So we are we are kicking off the podcast today with "Disturbed," as I'm sure you've all gathered from Pat's beautiful intro. Thank you. Uh, and then we are following them up with "Megadeth." Yes. So. Why not just one two punch at the old the old double dose? Exactly. I felt like as I got were. hit with ten thousand fists. <laughs> we'll see. We'll. See. I'm I'm curious to hear most of your of opinions. course. Yeah. Uh well I guess listen I have nothing else to say please uh before we roll into the serve I will just say once again nothing else to say hold on here I have things hold to on say. well because I just remembered <laughs> to thank our lovely <laughs> listeners they are lovely for for checking in every week for hanging out with us for going on this musical journey with us as we head to head uh celebrity deathmatch style uh these two groups. And if you are a listener who likes our group and our our podcast, our vibe, all that fun stuff, maybe consider liking, commenting, subscribing, uh, leaving a review, any or all of the above, or just like telling your nearest adult, uh, yeah, nearest that adult. <laughs> that we exist. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that, you know. No, of course not. It's a good uh, way to make friends. Right. I think without further ado, I will take us into. Disturbed. Yes. So Disturbed is an American heavy metal band from Chicago, formed in 1994. And they were active from 94 to 2011, four-year break, 2015 to the present day. And that's uh, that's the, the spark notes here. We covered three albums. We started with uh, their debut, The Sickness, which came out in the year 2000. 
We followed that up with, as Nick mentioned earlier, 10,000 Fists, uh, which came out in 2005. And then we closed things out with Divisive, which came out in 2022. Yes. And, and uh, they're your band. So they're my band. So I guess start. I'll just start off. Okay. Here's the thing The Sickness. I knew exactly what to expect, right? I mean, sure. this, this obviously, as soon as I heard the album name, I knew it was going to contain Down With The Sickness, arguably the biggest hit for Disturbed. I think we will talk about something that maybe is a larger hit for them later on in their career, but it is the quintessential Disturbed sound. Yes. The quintessential Disturbed song. And listen, it's a weird to use this term uh, when describing like a new metal song or album. Shit's a bop, man. (laughs) I mean, it's one of those few songs in this genre where I'm, like, vibing a little bit. No, don't get me wrong. This is not my preferred genre of music. Um, I think we have made it very clear where we stand in the metal genre as a whole. Uh, There are parts of it to enjoy in each little tidbit. And then for the most part, it's not really our style. And I think that carries over for me here. I think they're doing some things well. I think it's really enjoyable in its own genre with that metal, new metal sound. I I get where they're coming from. I think the lyrics on this album were stronger than I thought they would be. And that's a theme that's going to carry through. Uh, So what I did for this album, I actually... I've... I felt like I could go a little further with my like lyrical dives because typically what I'll do is I'll listen through and as lyrics kind of step out to me, I'll like go look up the song. So what I did this week with my listening was because I work from home, I'm able to have my phone on a little stand next to me with not a sponsor YouTube music up because I I have a YouTube premium subscription. I have sure, YouTube sure. music for free. And if you just push the lyrics tab, ah. the lyrics are just there every time. So I can be working, and then as a lyric catches my ear, I'm, I can look can right look at the at, phone yeah. and read the lyrics as they come. Sure. And what I noticed here was a little bit more depth and, like, emotion than i expected like when you think of like the sickness or like there's a there's a song called violence fetish there sure is you kind of get the the vibe of like it's going to be like the typical like death thrash metal bull crap like and it kind of toes that line but i was pleasantly surprised by some of the depth that being said (laughs) the winning moment for me was the cover of Shout, the Tears for Fears cover. It was interesting. Uh, which, spoiler alert, I had to use as my Six Degrees of Totem talks, Sure, sure. Uh, which we'll discuss when I go over things later, but, like, had to. I have a fun story about that song. Okay. Which we can uh, we can talk about, but sure. hilarious to hear it, because I was, like, I, I, I was frozen when, I, when, I, when it came on. I was like, this is very different than everything else on the album. I was sure. very surprised. Okay, um, so here's what I'll say, because you didn't really touch on it. As a vocalist, David Draymond is very good. Yes. <laughs> He's very talented. Everything else about this band sucks. Sure. Uh, I mean, talk about, like, the most boring songwriting for new metal ever. 
I don't think in three albums, spoiler alert for what's going to happen on the next two, I don't think there was a single guitar solo ever. It's like the all of their songs are power chords, double bass, and maybe the occasional like three or four note riff. As far as the music goes, this is as boring as boring gets. Like I wanted to fall asleep listening to it, if not for the vocals. Like that's the sure. only saving grace that this band has at all. Um Okay. All right. I, I mean, like, I, I get where you're coming from. It's solid. I mean, the songwriting is just so lazy. I'm sorry. Like, I know my band was the other band, and vice versa. And I almost feel like these bands are opposites of each other in a lot of ways, which we'll get into more as we talk about. There's Megadeth. a very specific opposite. I would agree. And my God, like every, the disturbed sounds all just they just blend together because they don't do anything different. They're like, let's just pick four power chords, maybe play a riff. And like, just get some chunky drums in behind it and fill up some space for Draymond to scream over. And that's it. Like, it's really, it's really funny you say that. Okay, seriously, because one of my notes is almost exactly that with a lot more positivity. Yeah, I said if I had to describe Disturbed, it would be the pop of new metal. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's oh. so bland. I'm sorry. Like, sure, I, I get hate, that. I, I, this like solidified that new metal is just one of the worst genres of all time for me. Because it's not even like actively offensive to listen to compared to some of the ar- other artists that we've done on the podcast. It just felt like so like I get milk toast is the best word for it. Sure. Like it, I felt no creativity in this band. Nothing for I this album like, or yeah, in general. In ge- in general, on this okay. album, and I, I think every album is the same. So I will go into Ten Thousand Fists. Okay, I'm I'm very intrigued. Now. I was I tried to give this one the benefit of the doubt, and so what I mean by that is instead of listening to it at six thirty in the morning on my drive into work, I went to the gym and put this one on and tried to listen to it while I was was doing some weightlifting because I thought that might be I might get it a little bit more. Sure, I did. I did not. Uh, I mean, like here. Here's the thing: they their songwriting style didn't change. Their songwriting style of let's just be the most boring, bland, song, uncreative songwriters in the history of the world. Barely throwing any riffs. Never have a solo ever for any reason. Only just power chords and vocals. Like as an instrumentalist, I could not find this band any more boring. Like it, uh, they just, it, it's repetitive. Like let's just, it's like let's just. You know, instead of doing multiple sections, let's just have like a verse and a chorus and we'll sing like the chorus three times in a row to end the song. uh, And that'll just be fine. Like just so boring. I can't stand it. Like I actively hate it because it just feels like a waste of space. Okay. And again, like listening to it, it wasn't like I was offended by it. I wasn't like, oh, this is actually awful to listen to. I was just like, oh, this is awful in the sense of, this band is just wasting their talents on playing a whole bunch of nothing. So again, sure. Vocals strong, everything else bad. Okay. Listen, uh, I'm not going to defend the non vocal instrumentation. I do get where you're coming from. Uh, I think that there's a signature sound that you have to like or dislike. Sure. I, I think but you have to. Within that, you have to be able to vary it, or at least like yeah. have two songs on the album that have a solo or something to catch your ear at all. I, Nothing catches your ear here other than the vocals. Nothing. I totally understand. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree too hard. What I will say is, 
this album, even more so than the first, showed another surprising level of lyrical depth to me. Again, I'm not saying it's like pure poetry or like they're modern wordsmiths, but this is a, this is a genre, <clears throat> and in particularly uh, a group where I was not expecting really anything other than like the typical like devil imagery, and I didn't get that. I, this so this album was dedicated to uh, to Dimebag Daryl, who was the guitarist for Pantera. And uh, who was murdered the year before this album came out. So they dedicated the album to his memory. And I think there was some songs where you're getting like actual emotive songwriting uh, when they're talking about things like so like guarded and stricken. If you listen to the lyrics, they're much more they're more about like emotions, feelings, mental health than I would really expect from a band like this. And while I do agree with what you're saying in terms of the repetitiveness musically, and I do think that there's no real spark other than uh, Draymond's voice. So, yeah, David Draymond, who is just getting stronger as we go. I will say that. Like, say what you will about anything else. David Draymond's voice is just on the uptick as we continue through these albums. Uh, But, yeah, I do definitely agree with what you're saying with the rest of the stuff. Uh, And, yeah, I'll take us into Divisive. So, basically, what happened in between is a lot. (laughs) Uh, The band took some time off, like I had mentioned, from 2011. And when they came back in 2015, it was a little different, I guess we'll say. Uh, So, they came out with uh, Immortalized. And when they did Evolution, which came out in 2018... Their quote-unquote idea of it was similar to, like, the Black Album from Metallica. It was literally supposed to push their sound forward. And I do think it does. I think the sound that they were putting out with The Sickness and with 10,000 Fists, that, like, very prototypical new metal sound with not a lot of variation, they're not afraid in this album to be a little lighter, a little more acoustic. Uh, They did release... Uh, again, what we could potentially say is their most famous song at this point. I think The Sickness probably still takes the cake, but their cover of The Sound of Silence sure. exploded. Yeah. And it put them in a whole new demographic, a whole new face of the world, mm-hmm. and they really leaned into that in their like following sounds of, like, let's experiment more with acoustic and with lighter sounds and with just letting David Draymond wail on some songs like sing without the Mm and I think it's I think it makes for a better album it's the best of the three in terms of overall musical quality now I I get it still has some of the pitfalls that you're discussing and I know you'll talk about them uh but I I will say that yet again I'm hearing some growth in the lyric again some like like I don't want to say bravery because it's not bravery, but I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's like it's like a strength that it takes to discuss vulnerabilities in a genre where that's kind of not allowed. Mm. Or it feels like it's not allowed. And I will I will give them credit for that. And I will give them a little more credit in my like deep dive into them. Also, always lovely to hear Ann Wilson. Yeah. I- uh so another little six degrees there from Hart, sure. obviously. Always lovely to hear Ann Wilson. Yeah, and honestly, that was like the highlight of my listening to Disturbed. I thought 
uh, Don't Tell Me, which was the song that Ann Wilson duetted on, was the best song that we listened to by them this week. And it wasn't even particularly close. And the rest of it was pretty predictable. Um, Even that song was kind of predictable, but I liked the the vocal feature. Uh, It was boring. It wasn't awful, but I hate it. Sure. I mean, here at the end of the day, Disturbed, I would never compare to some of the artists that like actively hurt me to listen to. I didn't have to like skip through their songs after a minute because I just couldn't stand listening to it anymore. But they are the most boring, predictable songwriters in the history of the world. Like, huh. I I hate this band because of how lazy I thought that their approach to songwriting was. And that's what it like. I just they feel like just wasted potential, just totally wasted. And okay. all their songs run together. Like you could get five songs into one of their albums and be like, "Oh my god, did the song change?" Oh, okay. Real, so, even um, even divisive, you feel I, that way. I felt all of it was so interesting because so I I totally agree with you for the first two. Like they're very repetitive and stuff. But I really yeah. thought, uh, no, I really thought divisive had I was fully a done different... with this band at this point. But okay, okay. And that maybe played a played a role. I think that might have played a bit of a role. Like I I truly think when the Ann Wilson song came on, I was like, okay, this is that this is considerably better. Yeah, I think maybe you just kind of got over them. I think they are the worst songwriting group of the of the season, hands down. Oh, of the season. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. It's a long season. Sure. I I will say I don't know. I thought the first two albums I agree with you more than the last one. I thought Divisive, they made it clear with Evolution that they were going for a different sound. Divisive was still, was a different sound. Mm -hmm. It was a lighter sound, but they still incorporated some of their typical heavy metal sound. And I thought that they also had more variation in each song in this album than in the last one. I don't know. It might be the matchup that really screwed them over, but I just found them to be so boring and predictable the whole time through. Because the other band we listened to was anything but that. Wow, we are going to have a very interesting discussion yeah. because, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Anyway, some fun facts about Disturbed. So I was looking for unique, the the most unique thing about this band, and I wasn't finding anything. I wasn't finding, like, that little, like, nugget of fun fact that I that I was craving to give something unique. And then I found this very interesting little tidbit. So before becoming the lead singer of Disturbed, uh, David Draymond was this close, and I'm I'm very close with my fingers, audio sure, listeners, sure. Uh, to becoming a criminal defense attorney. Huh. Uh, and when I say that close, I mean like accepted to prestigious law schools, like and like with getting re- like getting ready to become a lawyer. And then you know he changed his mind; he didn't want to do it, and he didn't want to do it because he couldn't in good conscience in his own life justify being a private defense attorney and like helping people that he may think are guilty get off just for the money. Interesting. And I was like that so that was a very interesting unique thing. I don't know how many former potential defense attorneys become lead singers of heavy metal bands. Yeah, but it's got to be wrong. a small list. It's I would agree. <laughs> it's got to be it's got to yeah. be a small list. Uh so then, you know, there's some positive stuff, some negative stuff. Uh, I think I'll talk about the nicest before I talk about the meanest. Sure. So the nicest thing that I could find for Disturbed is 2019. Just the year 2019. Yeah, it was a really good year for them. (laughs) A really good year for them. No, so they came out with 
a, a song called Reason to Fight in 2019. And in that song, it is, first off, very strong acoustic song. Second off, really, really obviously about mental health, depression, addiction, mm. all of those things. And so they released a live video of it. It's a, it's like eight, almost nine minutes long. And it's them performing the song live on stage, like a really like under, like underproduced rendition. Sure. And throughout the song, there are there are fans of theirs, like just normal people talking about their story and their histories with depression and mental health and addiction and like whether it's them or someone adjacent to them telling their story like all the way throughout the song and they're very actively like this is a war that we're we're all fighting at one point like in the in the live concert version of it uh Draymond is just like you know, this isn't just something that hits the entertainment industry. Like, I miss Chester. I miss Chris. I mean, and just starts naming, you know, obviously all the people from so better bands. Many. What? He just keeps naming people from better bands. Well, okay. But people who have <laughs> no, I, no, I tragically don't. lost their life to suicide, particularly yeah. uh, because of the depression aspect of the song and everything. And then he's like, it's not just the entertainment industry. Raise your hand if you or someone you know has struggled with this. Of course, the whole room raises their hands. It's a really powerful statement. And just, again, I think it feeds even more into this is a band who could easily just fit the stereotype. And in many ways does musically. And I get where you're coming from with that. But lyrically and like message wise has pretty much always been about like get good on the mental health, get your mental health together, be, you know, be better than your addiction. Uh, and I know uh, there's a couple lowlights that I could talk about. One of the ones that I'm not going to use, though, was Draymond uh, was a former heroin addict, like young, like 16 yeah. years old. And his uh, girlfriend at the time actually like intentionally overdosed on heroin. Huh. And he like woke up like under a car one night like in the cold and that's when he decided to get clean so like crazy stuff and obviously that stuck with him throughout and sure. uh the song inside the fire by disturbed is actually about that relationship mm. uh so which is a, which is actually a good song by them unironically uh which we didn't get to listen to but sure. uh and maybe that's just because i got to sing it on rock band so i only uh. really remember the vocals but honestly uh. that was the that was the highlight for me that was their sure. That was the nicest thing they've done. Meanest, there's some stuff. Uh, so there is this group called Finch. And Finch has a feud with Disturbed. And it's a pretty big one. Yeah, they're not the uh, only group with a feud, too. Right. Well, that, really? so that one comes up as well right, in, in the career lowlights. Don't good. get me wrong. So basically... Uh, <laughs> Randy Strohmeyer, who is the guitarist for Finch, uh, described David Draymond as a bully. And then he challenged him to a fight, claiming, I'd rip his stupid little piercings out. They're just cheesy. Their music is terrible. Uh, it's just shit. Hopefully all that music will die out soon. And then also threatened to shoot David Draymond. Well, that's not a good idea. Right. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then the drummer for Finch also said, Disturbed fucking suck. I hate that band. They're the worst band I've ever heard. So, like, not 
not pulling their punches. You know, I really wanted to like Finch, but they're saying a lot of things that I, I can't, I can't condone in any way. Right. So it, I mean, it's it's rough. Uh, so basically, uh, what happened is they they both were going to be at the Rolling Rock Town Fair in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I've heard of Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so before Finch went on, uh, Dan Donegan, uh, with his wife, they were watching Three Days Grace's performance. Also said. Well, yeah. Uh, they were watching Three Days Grace's performance after the band finished their set and found out Finch was next. Donegan went to Strohmeyer and they just started punching each other right in front of the fans. Uh, it led to David Draymond and the tour manager also jumping in to like back up Donegan. It was a whole big thing. Like there was a big brawl about it. Not a great it's time. A great uh, way for grown men to behave. Right. So I would say like that's in terms of like to mean I get that they were threatened. Uh yeah, it's and, all and David terrible. Dr- yeah, and, and and Donegan basically came out and said, I can take people saying they don't like the band, but you know, the second somebody says they want to put a bullet in someone's head, I really take that serious. It's, yeah, I totally uncalled for. Right. So that could have been like the meanest. That could have been the low light. The other one that I'll tell you, I'll just go right into the which also could be the yeah, meanest or whichever. low light is ironically, they don't like good Charlotte. There's a there's a feud with good Charlotte. Uh, uh, the Madden brothers basically kind of joked about the the band during an interview on TRL right before the they introduced a video for uh, Liberate, and Joel Madden recalled a performance where Disturbed and Some 41 were on the bill and just was, like, kind of clowning them. Sure. So, you know, that's fine. Uh, then, basically, Steve Kamak uh, called them those four. I'm not going to say that. It's a homophobic slur. Homophobic slur from that emo band. And then Draymond, this is the ironic part to me, Set, his quote was, "They're dead. I just hope that they finish their series on you on your poor program before we get to them, because they're not going to be able to do much of anything after that." See, they went ahead and bashed our video, and for this record title, they spent their entire time introing the video and slamming the band. So, like, here's my thing: you had a whole feud with Finch because they threatened to shoot you, literally you, David Draymond, and you had your. Like your guy and your band Donegan be like the second they start threatening to kill someone, that's too right. far. <laughs> and then immediately are like, they're dead. I'm going exactly. to kill them. Like, yep. Come on, it's man. Really rough. Come on. Clearly, there's just no mature person here anywhere to be yeah. found. <laughs> so there's some there's some back and forth about what is or isn't thing you know. And there's also been like some behind the scenes stuff that they're a little bit like diva esque in terms of like. Mm-hmm. When they go on tours, they just, like, put pictures of their faces uh, in the back room and be like, don't ask for their passes, know their faces. So, like, that's a little douchey. Yeah, a little yeah bit. Uh, super douchey. That is unconfirmed, though. That is a Fair. report. I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here saying that's totally factual. That is speculative. Some of the other stuff is not. Now we get it. Now just a career highlight. I already mentioned the Six Degrees. Uh, I should mention that they also did a cover of a U2 song, so there's another little Six Degrees. Their covers are are good. Uh, most of their covers are good. Uh, 
their highlight is a very interesting little fact that I found where if let me see if I can even find it because I have to get it back. Uh, so starting with their second album, Believe, the band released five consecutive albums that debuted at number one in the U.S., which is a feat only matched by two other bands. Can you can you name them? No. Okay. I you like one of them? I'm sure that I do. Uh, so one is Metallica. Okay, so that's not the, the one I like. And the other is Dave Matthews Band. Oh, okay, fair enough. I do like so, all those bands. Pretty prestigious company, though. I mean, those are sure. household names. Absolutely. So that is definitely what I would consider a career highlight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and sense. then last little bit of disturb before we move on to Megadeth. The Tears for Fears thing that I was going to talk to you about. That a little fun fact. They recorded the song. And they recorded that song as part of a demo before they were famous. They were a group that was playing like local bars and clubs. I know the feeling. Sure. They recorded their cover of Shout because they had been looking for like an 80s, like an 80s song to cover. They wanted to cover that. They wanted to put their own spin on it. They wanted to take an 80s song and make their sound as a part of it. So they record it. They go out to dinner that night feeling really good about the recording. And Kurt Smith is at the restaurant that they are at that night. And so they go up to him, obviously, and they're like, this is crazy. You know, we're big fans. We just recorded Shout like 20 minutes ago. Sure. And this is 1999. And they were like, would you like to listen to it? Thinking he's going to blow them off. He's busy. He's like, I would love to. So they they have to track down their non-cell phone having uh, studio tech. And like get him back in the studio at you know the mid you know late at night now it's like nine thirty at night, huh. and they get and they get a hold of him they get him back in the studio and Kurt Smith listens to their song and they're just like we put him in the control board and just like step back and just were silent and they were like after the song played he was silent for like ten seconds and turned around and started talking about how much he loved it how the the lyrics that he wrote were like so full of angst when he wrote them and they perfectly capture that with their sound and he never would have thought of it and how he thinks they're going to go far and <laughs> that's just such a cool moment and he and they were like nothing directly came from that like th- like that sure. happened and then we still had like a little bit of a grind where we started doing showcases we were yeah. you know potentially going to get picked up and then eventually settled on a label but that was the moment we as a band like a tribute to like there's more than just us working at this there's like fate mm-hmm. here at work to to help us succeed which i thought was a cool little sentence it's cool it is a cool story nick would have been asleep by then says Keith. yeah i would have 9 30 at night asleep for hours at that point. yes yeah as long as we weren't in the middle of a gig i would have been gone <laughs> even then you might have true All right. uh, but listen i think let's uh let's go ahead and move on then right i agree Megadeth is an American thrash metal band formed in Los Angeles in 1983 by Dave Mustaine. And they were active from 1983 to 2002, and then again from 2004 to the present day. We covered three albums by Megadeth. Uh, We started with 1985's Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good. We followed that up with 1992's Countdown to Extinction, which is ironic because it's the year we were born. That's so right. 
the year we were born, Megadeth started counting down to extinction. Any day now, honestly. I wonder if it's related. Any day. And then we followed that up with 2022's The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. And first observation before we even get into music, this band likes ellipses. You're right. You're right. Uh, two out of the three albums feature the the wonderful grammatical You're right. little little ellipses mm-hmm. there. Yes, an excellent observation. Okay. So killing is my business. And business is good. First of all, a ridiculous title. Absolutely absurd. <laughs> Correct. Um I expected to hate this so much. So Megadeth, one of the big four thrash metal bands. They are foundational to the genre. And we listened to another band that's in the big four on the podcast. And it was Slayer. And Slayer was awful. Slayer was horrific to listen to. Every moment of it, we hated. They were the worst. I'm with you so far. Megadeth is so much better than Slayer, it's not even funny. Like, they're not, they're almost not even comparable bands to me. Uh, it's, and, I, and I say this, I'll still probably never listen to Megadeth again or this album ever again. Um, but they are infinitely better than Slayer. And the main reason for that comes from their songwriting this album starts on the the song last rites love to death it starts on a piano never in a billion years would i have guessed that the first megadeth album was going to start with piano notes well and you know i would have it's a ripoff well i was expecting it to be like you know (laughs) just constant double bass and heavy power chords tuned down and honestly i mean I guess Dave Mustaine, so he formed this band because he was fired from Metallica and he was yeah. like out for blood. Like he wanted to have so much success to make them feel stupid forever firing him. And I honestly think in terms of just the quality of the music, he really succeeded. Um, they they had really good critical reception for this record. And I think it's because the songwriting uh, musically is so much better than anything we've heard from a metal band except for Dream Theater. Uh, on the podcast they have a lot of variation they're not afraid of abusing acoustic instruments they're not afraid of changing sections in a song they're clearly extremely talented musicians uh, and they're able to do a lot with it the biggest drawback and this is kind of like the main it's so funny that we put them up against disturbed is dave mustaine a can't sing and b on this album i don't even know if he could speak intelligible words uh, like three quarters of the time, I had no idea what he was even saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, like the only thing good about Disturbed came from the vocalist. And the only thing that I thought was bad from this band came from the vocals, because instrumentally, they're excellent musicians and very good songwriters. So even though it's a genre that's not for me, it was very clear that they are doing this at a very high level, like way better than pretty much any of the other metal bands we've listened to on the podcast again except for dream theater and also these boots just randomly appeared on this album and i was like what what is this so that made me chuckle just to be very clear because i knew there was no way in hell you knew when you picked these two bands they were both going to have surprise covers of yeah. genre-defying songs uh-huh. on them. And I was like, that's a weird little parallel that Nick had no idea was going to no happen. Uh, so that was definitely funny. Now, I'll get into some stuff. First off, just to be specific, 
Uh, the instrumental piano part you were talking about at the beginning of Last Rites is a reinterpretation of Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Mm-hmm. So it was as soon as I heard it, I was like, that is a real classical piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I, I, oh my gosh, I need you to think, Nick, while I'm talking. Sure, sure. Who did we listen to that composed their own classical, like their own classical, like opera in an album? It was it was seasons ago. I loved it. It was like our you loved it too. It was like our favorite uh, thing we listened to in a long time at that point. Oh, Start, uh, was it Muse? It might have been Muse. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I was like, you can tell the difference. I think between like originally composed after like the invention of some of the chords and chord structures of today versus like true classical music. So I knew we were. I knew where we were coming from. We're coming from some classical influence. It's a strength to come from classical influence with us, especially also, in this genre. It's Yeah, it's common in metal, although I will yes. say Dave Mustaine's guitar playing also has a good mixture of blues influence as well as the classical sure. metal influence that's kind of make it made him stand out a little bit more because the occasional blues look you'd get, you'd be like, oh, no one else in metal is doing this. Sure. I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. Now, look... Some stuff for this album before I get into, like, true musical opinions. This album definitely perpetuated some of the stereotype of, like, metal is the devil music, blah, blah, blah. Like, there was one of the songs, uh, I think it might have been Loved to Death, like, the opening Mm -hmm. track, that somebody posted, like, it was good music to go postal and kill a bunch of people, too. And, like, that dude ended up getting arrested for, like, suspicion of committing that exact crime and like it was the whole thing and like the skull beneath the skin was was one of the songs on this that like graphically depicted our human torture and like talked about magic and stuff like all right there's some stereotyping there. satanic panic yeah there's some stereotype there that they kind of leaned into uh the song rattlehead uh, led to the creation of their metal mascot uh vic rattlehead which I didn't know every metal band had a metal mascot. Or most I didn't of them either. Did. Uh, well, because uh, we didn't even discuss it. Disturbed does have one as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, they also have a, a metal mascot. And I almost put that as the unique thing. Okay. And then I went, that weird that like, Megadeth also does. And then also I looked up, like... I guess everybody does. I looked up, like, band mascots. And it was like, here's the 25 best heavy metal mascots for bands. I'm like... Fascinating. Ah, it's a thing. All right, well, we're going to have to come up with a mascot then. We're not a heavy metal band, Nick. It doesn't matter. That's fair. That's fair. Listen. We can poach a good idea. <laughs> Listen. All right. I'll be clear. Dave Mustaine sucks. As much as you hate it, disturbs like other stuff, like their instrumentation, mm-hmm. is how much I hated Dave Mustaine's voice. Totally. It was Great intelligible player, at times, and it was at best like... Nah, it was at best, I could forget about it mm-hmm. at times. And at worst, ruined entire swaths of songs for me. I do agree that like the complexities of the music was was fun to listen to. It was varying. And that is also Dave Mustaine. Yeah. So I, you know, credit where credit's due. I wish you just didn't sing, man. Exactly. Yeah, he's such I a wish tremendous you just musician. Didn't you sing. Just stay off the mic. And I also will say, to give credit to Chris Poland, Dave Mustaine is like a little bit more rhythm guitar than lead guitar in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. So, like Chris Poland is the guitars on this. Yeah, and I'll give him credit for that. So, in terms of writing, Dave Mustaine positive. 
in terms of playing Dave Mustaine good, but more rhythm than lead uh, in a lot of the stuff. And in terms of Dave Mustaine vocal, please never sing for me again. Understandable. And that was my message going into Countdown to Extinction, where I found out that Dave Mustaine did not listen to me (laughs) and continued to sing. He did not take my advice back in 1985. He said, I'm going to still sing. And (laughs) spoiler alert, people. He got way better. No, he still really sounds awful. It's so bad. It's the vocals are so, so bad. I hate them. And that's where we're coming from. That's where we're starting at. This contains Symphony of Destruction, the only Megadeth song I knew going into this. Uh, So I knew pretty much exactly what to expect. I will save the rest of the songs. Again, continue that theme of pleasantly surprising instrumentation and songwriting layered upon just shitty, shitty, shitty vocals. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think uh, the one thing about this uh, this group is it's mostly different. Uh, you have Mustaine and Ellison, but you have a new guitarist, Marty Friedman, and you have a new drummer, Nick Menza. Right. And that's going to kind of be the theme throughout this. Dave Mustaine is the only consistent member of this band. Right. And it's his fault from a lot of varying reports. He's kind of that yeah, he's guy. An he's that guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's definitely an asshole. Yeah. Um but yeah, this this lineup though in particular is considered the classic Megadeth lineup just to be clear on that. Yes. Um and and my comments are pretty much yours exactly. The vocals are still by far the weakest part of what this band does, but listening to them musically, again, I'm ca- like I other than Dream Theater Every other metal band that we have covered on the podcast isn't as good at songwriting or playing their instruments. Like, it's just clear to me that Megadeth is a step above what almost all the other metal bands are doing in terms of composition and musicianship. They're really, really good uh, at those things. And the vocals are awful. Yeah. And the lyrics are mostly awful, too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I haven't even really gone super into the lyrics, and I'll let you go into the next album in a sure, second. Yeah. I, I mean, the issue that I have with it is, like, with Disturbed, you got what you expected musically at best, but the lyrics had, like, some depth. They talked about, like, real-life issues. They talked about, like, actual emotional moments. I was surprised by the lyrics. And in this, I'm also surprised by how much I'm not surprised by the lyrics. Sure. Like, cool, man. You have... You have a song called Tornado of Souls. You have a song called Ashes in Your Mouth. I mean, they really do sound like parodies. Right. Like, come on. Like, skin of my teeth. Holy wars. The punishment due. Like, what are we talking? Like, what? It like, it bugs me because it's so stereotypical. Like, we are like genre wise in our original music. You could call us like alt rock. Sure. Like, if we just put out a bunch of songs about, like, like unrequited love as, like, a rock song or, like, all that, like, bull crap. There's I'll, a cat behind I know, I know it's That's happening. what you're wondering. I see it. I see. I see him. Yeah, that's little, a tail. Little stank. Is that, is that Frito? Uh, that's, that's the small jabroni here. That's the small jabroni. It's it's hard to tell with just a, a whoosh of tail Yeah. what color the cat is involved. Yeah, he is, he is tan. I understand. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, lyrically, it's, it's just straight up not it, Chief. Like, that's all what it comes to. Like, it's bad. I think it gets and, worse in the last album. Oh, 
I look, I'm we'll talk about it. I'm letting you go first on this yeah. one. But like just up to this point, I am I've never in my history of this podcast wanted to just take the parts of of two bands strengths and combine them. Yes, 100%. That's these bands are the exact opposites. Yeah. So go ahead and talk about the sick, the dying and the and dead. And it is literally so like everything that we have to say about this band continues here. It's a new lineup of people behind Mustaine. So you get a bunch of different musicians, but creatively speaking, I would still take the songwriting on this album over anything that Slayer ever did over almost anything that most of the other metal bands that we've listened to have ever done. It's creative. It uses acoustic instrumentation. Like it doesn't shy away from doing something different like that. It has varying sections. It has excellent guitar playing. It has God awful vocals and horrible lyrics. Like the song police truck uh, in particular was just like out of this world, crazy lyrically. Um, It's really bad in that sense. And really uh well composed otherwise i mean night stalkers featured of like a a speaking vocal part for ice t which was really bizarre that i don't really understand how that <laughs> happened i was fine it was weird but it was fine yeah um but you know it's it's laughable in some ways and in other ways it's still like and and at this point i'm very tired of the genre uh, uh, to be clear very tired of it but yeah. I mean, I would take these three Megadeth albums over the three Slayer albums or Godsmack or anybody else we've covered in metal on the podcast. Sure. This was, other than Dream Theater, still the best effort that they were able to come up with. Okay. I have uh, a statement and then a question, and then I'll give my opinion. Statement, uh, I just want to clear this up, and mostly because I believe that they have enough shitty lyrics on their own. Uh, Police Truck is a dead it's Kennedy's a cover. cover. You're right. Just want to be clear on that. Uh, so the lyrics, the lyrics particularly, are not their fault. The rest of that's that song true. is partially that's their fair. fault, uh, and the rest of the lyrics are so bad anyway that it's not worth. They are not good. It's not worth giving them bad lyric credit where they have plenty of their own. Fair enough. I just heard that one, and that was the one that stuck oh, out to me. Like what? it's bad. <laughs> uh, okay, question for you. All right, what order did you listen in? Megadeth first, and then you listen to Megadeth first. Yeah, okay, one, two, three, one, two, three. Cool, cool, cool. All right, I understand. I actually also did. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I was because I wanted to mix it up a little bit because I always sure. listen to the the band that I have facts on first. Sure. And I guess they, it just did the opposite things for us. Yeah. I was by the time so... I got to Disturbed, I was like the the songwriting is so much blander, yeah. so much worse than Megadeth that I can't even listen to it. Sure, and it's just exactly what boy, and that's kind of what I thought happened because yeah. it literally did the opposite for me because I was like the lyrics and vocals are so fucking terrible on this; they're so bad. I can't get over how bad Dave Mustaine is as a singer. Sure. Like, I, I, like it's on the last album, to be clear, he at least had diction. He didn't have sure. it on the first two albums. I could understand what he was saying on the last album. Right. And, but that almost makes it worse because then the lyrics <laughs> yeah. are even clearer. Right. Like I said, I, I got a lot of the taste of the lyrics because I had them up on screen as I was listening. Getting to hear them live in, in charge there was, was arguably worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Good old songs like Killing Time, not Killing Time, Killing Time. Right, right. Uh, or Psychopathy, like cool, cool, cool. Or the title track, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Mm-hmm. Just really wholesome lyrics. Yes. That you really, like, it's just, it's so bad. So basically what happened is you listen to Megadeth, 
listened to Disturbed and went, ah, musically way worse. Mm-hmm. I listened to Megadeth and listened to Disturbed and I went, ah, vocally and lyrically way better. Sure. And I think that definitely colors our opinions. Yes. Uh, but I think we're of the same mind. Let's take Dave Mustaine, relegate him to pure instrumental Purely, yeah. songwriter. Mm-hmm. Take Dave Draymond and say you are the lyricist and the singer for this band. Much better band. A band and, I would and, actually not mind listening to their records at all. And I've even come up with a name. Megurbed. 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 Disteth. <laughs> so I we you dis-death. know what? Let, let's hear your your facts. Uh sure, I don't sure. need to talk about the specifics. This album is okay for me for all the same reasons that you you like mm-hmm. it. It's okay for me. And just sucks in every other aspect. Again, lyrically yeah. terrible, vocally terrible. That's it. Sure. Okay, so I'll start with the unique thing because that's what I like to do. Um, and I don't think we've ever had another band that did this specifically. So we've had bands that maybe did something that like a little bit of violence or a little bit of upheaval occurred around their performance, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. But Megadeth very specifically was playing a show in 88 in Northern Ireland, uh, and they played Anarchy in the UK, and Dave Mustaine dedicated the song to giving Ireland back to the Irish, and essentially a riot was going on. And if you know anything about uh, British history, you know that 1988 is right in the middle of the Troubles, which is just a wonderful, just such a British way to refer to like 30 years of violence and spats back and forth and bombings and different things. Like, oh yeah, that was that was a bit of trouble, wasn't it? Uh, it's like, yes, it was a bit of trouble. But so they caused a riot in Ireland, uh, like in the middle of the Troubles, basically by you know being pro uh, independent Ireland. And there we go. Yeah, so that's this. Quite the the stir up. Yeah, it was. It was quite the stir up. Uh, Six degrees. Dave Mustaine was on an episode of Rock and Roll Celebrity Jeopardy, and he was on that episode with a guy that we actually both like um, as a musician, George Clinton, of course, of Parliament and Funkadelic fame. Heck yeah, heck yeah, uh, yeah, very cool dude. And Dave Mustaine actually won the episode quite handily, despite the fact. Uh, which I will be getting into with some of this other stuff, that he's a dumbass. Um, <laughs> like, But anyway, he won that episode uh, against George Clinton, very unfortunate. Now, the highlight for this group, uh, I, I p- pulled out this quote from um, a sociologist whose specialty is like music and culture. Okay. His name is Keith Con Harris. And he credited Megadeth, essentially, uh, basically saying that their mainstream success expanded heavy metal into several other countries where the genre was like completely non-existent essentially so their their ability to expand in popularity literally brought the whole genre into new spaces around the world which i would have to argue has got to be a highlight of your career if you're able to like bring your music and your style to places that had never really experienced it or played it before yeah yeah you look questioning about this. I just, I question if Megadeth was 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 the right band to have done that. Uh, I don't know. They just, I don't, I don't want them. I don't want the, I don't want the people in other countries around the world thinking that all singers sound like that in in America. Yeah, right. Uh, that's all. As a singer, as a vocalist, sure, we're not all like that. No, of course not. We're not. 
it, look, <clears throat> I'm not a, I'm not like a crazy egotistical person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I pride myself on that. Uh, I think I'm the best at not being egotistical. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I I like I. It's very rare that like we have an episode of the podcast where I'm like I would so much rather just be the lead singer of that band for that band. Right. And that this is one of them. This is one of the few. I understand. Well, cuz I think I do agree with you the music is so good. Yeah, like, like the really really talented. The musicality of it mm-hmm. is so good even though it's not my totally. genre. Right. I would not enjoy but, what I, if I had to do exactly. that. Exactly. I wouldn't choose to listen to to that particular genre, but I still really appreciate what they're able to do. Yeah. All right, the low light. There are a couple to choose from. Yeah, I'm curious because I, I actually know of one. I remember okay. one. So, well, I'll start with the one about the now, f- like a very long time member who only okay. just yeah. recently left the group, who is David Ellison, the bassist. Uh, and there was controversy around him. So essentially, there were certain explicit videos of him that were posted on social media. Um, they were recorded by a fan that he was in correspondence correspondence with there were like accusations of grooming based on i guess the age of this fan um that he was online with um but ellison and that other fan both stated that it was consensual conduct and that they were adults everyone involved was an adult at the time of whatever was going on the band looked into it they ended up cutting ties with him over it i don't know i mean any more details than that it definitely seems a little fishy um i have if... a couple uh, like i i want to just chime in here a little bit yeah so in defense of david ellison here sure. both parties including the fan very publicly stated that and, she was overage at the time and, and that's that's a pretty big deal it, like the yeah. fact that the fact that the fan came out and explicitly stated right. it no, no, is no, big yeah ellison sure. also immediately contacted the authorities right to seek uh, charges for revenge porn. I mean, that's right, revenge which is porn. totally fair. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and I know it's much that. more commonly thought of, like, douchebag ex-boyfriends posting their girlfriends as revenge yeah, porn. Yeah, but it doesn't But this is just as much revenge porn. Uh, and honestly, Megadeth's statement on this is rough for me. Hmm. Because they're just like... Uh, this ju- the scandal had strained their relationship and made working together impossible moving forward. Interesting. And it's like it, that is so interesting to me because like publicly, you know, the fan came out and said she was overage. Ellison was like, I, I, I've been violated here. Yeah. What, like went to the authorities about it and then the band fired him. Yeah, it's true. You know, there was also a history of issues, I think, between Mustaine and Ellison where there had been lawsuits going on between them. And so I don't know if it's related to any of that or that he was quicker to to pull the plug because of previous conflicts or disagreements between them. Yeah. That's well, yeah, because Ellison didn't Ellison like sue him. Yes. Right. So Ellison sued him. And because what he I might be wrong on this. This is this is like knowledge. I don't know exactly. I haven't read all this, uh, but sure, I believe ahead. Ellison sued him because he thought he was getting shortchanged on stuff. That makes the most he thought sense. he wasn't getting money from like royalties or or like ticket sales or something in their right. in their collective life as a band together, and then like sued him during his break because he had like a break. Mustaine almost like permanently lost the use of his arm. Yes. And that's the two-year gap in Megadeth's mm-hmm. uh, their career. And so he like had to recover from that, and he came back as a born-again Christian. And yeah. then Ellison sued him. Why do I know so much about Megadeth? I don't know. 
This is I because I I have made it explicitly clear. I don't research the other band. Yeah. I only listen to the music. It's very strange. This is just like random knowledge I picked up on something. Mm-hmm. I must have learned. Yeah. Maybe I looked it up. Maybe I learned about Megadeth for like Quizzo or something when he's trying Quizzo. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that you're pretty much right on with all that stuff. So actually my other <laughs> thing shocked. that I have for low light um has to do with Dave Mustaine because after that injury and coming back and he became a born again Christian. Well, God, he's such an asshole. Uh he he is like pretty pretty clearly come out as being strongly against rights for the lgbtq community oh, of course because dude. of his his religion he like has done interviews with alex jones he wrote in the entire end uh end game album that megadeth came out with uh about the new world order that he believed was coming um so like he is like an off the wall type of like he's way okay. out there I want to be explicitly clear here. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. and I have a much harder time separating the art from the artist than you do. I, I, yeah. I am glad for the sake of the podcast that I didn't know that beforehand, sure. or I would have shat even harder on this band. I understand. Because now I want Dave Mustaine completely... I don't want Dave Mustaine as an instrumentalist. Yeah, he's a bad dude. I don't want Dave Mustaine as a song as a songwriter for this like band him. for 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 uh, Maturbed, mm, the right. combo band. Yeah. Get him straight out of there. That is archaic bullshit nonsense. It is. And and I found it all out all like after I listened to the records, and I'm like, wow, this is the best metal band that we've listened to other than Dream Theater. They're really good. Garbage. Oh, he's an asshole. He's an garbage. Asshole. And I'll tell you what. I remember when we did Dream Theater, and they all seemed like genuinely okay people. Sure. So, yeah. like, you can be okay people and also, you know, be good at music. You don't have to be a yeah. raging fucking douchebag. You don't. You really don't. Uh, and then for the meanest thing, actually has to do with their first album. So, uh, for their first, so they got $8,000 from the record label to make their first album. Uh, so what they did was they spent the first 4000 on food, drugs, and alcohol, and then just fired their producer and made the rest of it themselves. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, they, yeah, they spent up all the producer budget on uh, on just booze and drugs. Good for them. That's Megadeth. Let's grade them. You know what? I have one thing to say. Go ahead. So I, I was trying to read a little bit more into the Ellison controversy. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh the fan in question said publicly that not only was she not underage, the videos were released without her consent as well. Okay. So, so yeah, she wasn't is... like revenge. Like... So really, it seems like he legally definitely didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it seems like a third party leaked his stuff. Right. And, that, and then both of them were publicly like, whoa, this is not what this is i yeah. mean i the fan i don't see any in like direct info about the fan i'm assuming there's a large age gap which is what brought into question yes. her legality uh, that's but what i'm thinking too even if there's a large age gap it could be creepy without being illegal and 100%. all that other stuff 100 all, all right, right let's let's, let's get into them. the grades here i wish i didn't know that before we graded them yeah right. i'm sorry <laughs> it's fine no look it's fine because it's it part is, of it yeah it uh, but i mean i now hate this band i, I just be clear we're still going to grade them fairly. I I They're will do my damnedest. All right. I think we're looking at scores. 
yeah. their cultural impact. I mean, obviously, Megadeth is one of the big four in thrash metal. They're sure. very influential. Um, they're probably three of four in terms of how famous their name is. Yeah. Behind the Falcon Slayer. Um, so there. I mean, they've also been very, very successful I mean, I, like around the world in sales and everything like that. So they're they're definitely very popular. I might even argue them four. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I mean, I might argue them as the fourth out of four in terms of... Oh, over Anthrax? Uh, no. no oh, Anthrax. Anthrax. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking Avenge Sevenfold. No, no, they came much later. No, okay, it's, it's Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. Oh, okay. Those are four. That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. Um, I don't know. I think the number's probably in the four to five range for Megadeth. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but unfortunately, they get a minus three for being assholes, so let's give them a one. All right, I'll give him a four and a half. <laughs> nah, a four and a half is fine. I mean, and then whatever. Disturbed is probably not too far off. Uh, they're not as influential. I don't think they have as much in sales overall either. So they do have something over Megadeth in terms of probably one or two recognizable tracks to the average person, whereas Megadeth doesn't really have that. Yeah, I think I think reach is one of the things. I think they do have a larger reach in terms of breaking genre stereotype. Uh, and I'm not arguing for higher points, to be clear. No. Like, higher than Megadeth. I don't think Definitely so. Not. I agree with you on that. Uh, but I do think that's something to talk about. Like, Megadeth, you know, you mentioned, has, like, expanded the global idea mm-hmm. of metal. Sure. Disturbed, in more recent years, 2015 on, has, like, broken the boundary of we're a metal band who's, you know, gaining fans completely not in the metal genre. Mm-hmm particularly due to Sound of Silence, but then after Sound of Silence, they're following songs and tracks and and single releases, you know, fed into that. And we're like, okay, let's experiment with this genre a little more, Mm -hmm. which is a a savvy business decision, quite frankly. Yeah. And honestly, I think anytime you can give Dave, uh, I almost said Dave Mustaine because I just read his name, not Dave Mustaine, Dave Draymond, uh, more of a chance to shine vocally. I think you're doing something right, mm-hmm. but I would be fine giving them like anywhere from like a th- maybe like a three six to a four in that range. All right, let's give them a three eight. That's right. Okay, okay. cool. I'm fine with that. Breadth of work uh, for Megadeth. We are looking at let's see how many. I think albums? it's sixteen. I want to be I'm... okay. So sixteen records. So they are starting with uh, six point one. Yeah, and. Then they have 38 million in worldwide sales. Okay. Um, so that's definitely getting them closer to more like a six and a half, I would say. Sure. Uh, are you going to take points away? Yeah. How many? I Listen, I'm not telling you because I don't want you to just combat it. I Yeah. I don't, And I'm nervous that you're going to take away more points than they deserve. Because I don't think there's any way they deserve less than a six and a half. I will tell you something. All right. I will give you a chance to argue me off of taking away points after I do it. Okay. I want you to see what the damage is, and then you can you can tell me what. Yeah. Like, you can tell me how much you agree or disagree, and we can talk about it. Okay. I'll give them point 0.1. I'll get them to a 6.6. That's my genuine feeling on this band, is that the the skill of the songwriting and, and playing is enough to overcome the poor vocals by a hair. <coughs> Listen. I'm looking at three pillars here, or I guess I'll look at four pillars. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at vocal talent. Okay. I'm looking at lyrics. Okay. I'm looking at songwriting, and I'm looking at instrumental talent. Those are my four pillars. And I think you got two pluses and two minuses. 
Yeah, and now so the question becomes, do the minuses outweigh the pluses? For you, they didn't. Correct. For me, they do. Because not only am I, you know, and this is partially personal preference as well. Sure. Especially for Breath of Work. And the breath of this band is Dave Mustaine, who is a douchebag. He is. Uh, and I hate as, him personally. As tempting as I am to take away more points for that, I will just take away point one. And leave because All right. vocally terrible, lyrically terrible. Sure. But the revolving door of people who mustered the strength to work with him long enough to re- release at least one album deserves some credit. Sure. All right. So Disturbed has eight records. Yes. And they're going to go ahead and start with a 5.2. They have 13 million in sales, so about 25 million less than Megadeth, for whom we gave 0.4 additional points for their sales. Mm-hmm. So I think they're looking at like a 5.4. I think they got to max out there from the sales. Okay, sure. I'm okay with that. And I really, really, really hated them. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to take away more than 0.2, but I won't. I'll take away 0.2. <sighs> I'm tempted man, to take away like point three or point four, but I'm gonna take man, away that's uh, that's that's how much I hated them. That's so crazy to me, man. I don't know. I mean, because here's my issue now. Go ahead. Like I wasn't before you can give you them those st- points back, right? But I wasn't necessarily thinking uh, like I want to give them point two before that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think this is a band I would have probably either kept the same or given like a, maybe a point one mm-hmm. for the lyrics and for Draymond's vocals. Yeah, and those things are more salient to you. But I also don't think they the should overall be losing telling. total points. Then give them point two. Right. I just I feel I feel like the the spirit of it is I'm not I'm not, I don't want to just combat your points. No, I understand. And put them back to even. So I'm I I will posit you I. I would hope maybe you would only take away point one. I think I think you didn't consider the lyrical depth when you when you formed your opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think the the extracurriculars of both of these bands are vastly not, different. Yeah. Fair. Look, I understand like look, disturbed it disturbed says some bad over. things and punches yeah. people, and I get that. I'm not saying they're saints, mm-hmm. but like there was positivity. There's sense, a huge yeah. difference sure. between a band who's like, hey, mental health, super important. And like depression, addiction are real problems versus another oh, another sure. guy with a lead singers like I hate gay people. Yeah. And that's awful. on Pride Month. It, well, I'm sure he's, he says it all the time. He doesn't care what month it is. I know. Um, we It's Pride I Month today. I mean, in terms of my sheer enjoyability, I didn't enjoy any except for one disturbed song in the three records. I just didn't like them at all. Like their music made me the more I listen, the more I actively dislike them. Uh, all right. Well, I'll give them point two then, I guess. Good. If you're not gonna That's budge. Fine. I, I'm just I, being, I like my personal feeling was I could have taken away more and I didn't. And I have no issue with you putting them back there if you feel strongly like they're a band that should sit in the middle. I have I don't I'm not yeah, taking I just, that into personal I don't, account. Like I don't like the precedent it sets that that if you really hate an artist you can take away the tiniest little bit no that no i don't like the precedent it sets of the points we're adding or taking away from groups is based on combating the other one as opposed to just an opinion-based thing fair enough so i don't like it but at the same time i don't think they deserve to lose points because i think the things they do well are significantly better in terms of society 
Sure. Then you the get things mega death does well. Strongly in a five point four. That's there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Instrumental talent. I think there's a clear edge, and I think it's clearly Megadeth. <sighs> yeah, I mean that uh, Disturbed has one thing that's way better. Megadeth, I think every other part of the band was significantly I'm, better than Disturbed. I'm not going to argue with you in terms of overall sound and things like that. My my counterpoint is merely this. Both of these bands have had the same vocalist their entire tenure, right? Mm-hmm. Disturbed has had two members in various times leave the band and has had a core the same the entire time. Sure. Megadeth has rarely have ever been the same band album to album at this point. And it's just Dave Mustaine and a yes. smattering of people he could he could beg to work with him, it seems like. Sure. So, All of whom seem <clears throat> to be very... Right, but I'm I'm again, I'm not arguing disturbed to get more points than Megadeth. No. I'm not arguing against what you said. We have in the past been critical of of the multiple yeah. multiple multiple people sure. in the band. It's capped people at certain limits of like, well, this is not a core group of musicians. And that's this that's is... fine. Uh, I mean, I don't need them to get a 10 or anything. But I do think, like, regardless of the lineup, we heard some exceptional musicianship on each of the three records. Sure. And I think that this is a band that would probably be pretty easily in the eights if there wasn't a vocalist in it. I'm not going to argue with you on that. And I think, and I would be okay with a score in the sevens because I would be willing to take off a, a, like, a full point, point and a half for how bad the vocals are. A point in, if you're, okay, okay, hold on now. Because I'm talking about the instrumentals like being in the eight to high eight range because high eight range. Okay. They're really phenomenal, like at what they do. All right. Okay. And like, I think you're not something that I enjoy. This is not something that I'll ever listen to. I think they're that good. I I don't get that same opinion. I truly don't. I think I think they're really good in comparison to other metal bands we've listened to. I certainly would not be giving them an eight and a half or higher, even okay. without Dave Mustaine. Even without my opinion of Dave Mustaine, I wouldn't have had them up there before that. I would I would have been comfortable if you had been like, I think this band could get an eight without Dave Mustaine, and okay. I'm willing to take away a point or a point and a half because of him. I'd be like, sure. I, I'm with I you. I couldn't on that. get out of the sevens. I, I, okay. I mean, that's oh, that just seems so high to me. I, in I the set, I mean, in the so. sevens, when you literally have a full blown liability at lead vocal for yeah, sixteen the, straight albums, Disturbed has a liability at every other place but the lead vocal. <laughs> I mean, like these guys. Uh, we are haven't really, even gotten really to Disturbed good. though. Right, I, you don't I even mean, know what I'm going to get. I'm not. I'm not. I yeah. would argue Disturbed should get. At best, a five. At absolute yes. best, and I agree with you. So I, I mean, I, I, again, like but I, I understand the, the comparison. Megadeth anything less than a than a like two. A seven. Full, I mean, that's crazy to me, man. That's just wild. I, I'm not even arguing super like like lower than that, but a full blown seven for a, a group seven is that, me negotiating down from where I feel the musicians belong. Me yeah, negotiating but, down quite a bit. Oh, I I just don't believe that. I just really don't. I don't think they're that good. I think they're really good. Okay. I think they're really good and really strong. But at the same time, like when you're talking like a group that deserves to be the eights, who are some other groups we've had there? Like groups that are truly like oh, like nigh on virtuosic at sure. times is where you start to get into the eight range. And I don't think any single musician in this group is that. I think they all play their instruments very well. I think the songwriting is strong. 
But I don't think there. I think it's like, oh, cool. There's there's really strong musicians carrying on really good songwriting. But it's I'm never I'm never sitting there like, wow, this person's guitar playing is transcendent, or this solo is transcendent, or this drumming is is truly magnificent. And you weren't saying that either. You were saying it's really good in comparison to Slayer or right. well, you know, Godsmack or other in a genre where technical ability is valued more so than most genres. Sure. They still st- stick out above the fray. Right. And this and is a, a category that is sheerly about technical ability. I, I mean, I don't think it's always been sheerly about technical ability. It's, it's been about the artistic ability of the musician. Technical ability. I I feel like you're stacking the deck in their favor on that. Because we have never purely made it about technical ability. It has been about a person's crafting of their musicianship and their instrumentation. And, like, there are people who may not be conventionally the technical best performer who have this virtuosic ability on their instrument and they still get extremely high scores. And I think on the flip side of that, somebody with a high technical prowess, but, I mean, are you telling me there's a ton of really, truly memorable parts of individual instrumentational performances in these songs that stuck with you? Because you didn't mention them when you reviewed them. No, of course not. So um, an eight and a half for for not individually memorable, but good overall? That seems crazy know. high. I think, I think this is just a genre that passes you and I by. Like, we hear it and we're like, okay, well, this is something I would never really want to listen to in my in my spare time. But during the experience of it, the whole time, I was just like, oh, wow. Okay, these guys really know what they're doing. Like, these guys are right. really killing it right now. And if I sat there and listened to the album two or three more times, I'm sure I could pick out my favorite solos and riffs and things and like spots. But I've only listened Man. to these songs once. But that's and I was, per- I was impressed the entire time. But that's the whole point. Because previously on this podcast, when we talk about these things and you have you're arguing a score this high, you have those moments. You're like, you're like X's guitar playing here was mag was amazing. It blew me away. And you don't have any of them. I'm again, I'm not saying they don't deserve the the musicians don't deserve a score touching the eights. We're not arguing that. But when you're talking like this is a group who like should be in the 8.5s, but Dave Mustaine's, I just find an 8.5 is an extremely high score. It is. Or, like, and, and we I, rarely ever give it anything out. We rarely listen to anything that's this technically good. I understand. I mean, I'm already down like a point and a half from where I could have been. I don't know how much. For, do you need me to come down to like a three? No, I'm not. Yeah. Again, I think first off, I think that is a, a criminal misrepresentation of what I'm saying. No, I understand. But like you keep begging me to come down. I've already come down a lot. <laughs> like, I, but I've come I think to you're... meet you in the middle like by coming 80% of the way down. You have not come 80% of the way down to a seven, really, at 80% of the way down? Uh, for Of how far you want to get, where you wanted the score to be versus where I Where do you think I want the score to be, be, Nick? I don't know. You clearly want it down into the sixes at least somewhere. Yeah, but in the sixes, well above average, points above average. Right, and if I was like, oh, this is a band that's talented enough to be like an 8.5 on all their instruments, but I can come all the way down to a seven for you. And you're like, meh, that, that point and a half difference isn't enough. I need you to keep coming down. I, because I think that here's the problem. 
you're just strictly coming down on Dave Mustaine's performance. And I'm arguing that you are starting too high based on your own your and own ideals throughout this podcast. You have no singular memorable moment of them. You're just saying, compared to other metal bands that are really good, let's give them a score astronomically higher than 80% of the bands we do. And I think that they're better musicians than 80% of the other bands that we do. I really believe that, listening to it. Just because it's not my genre, just because I don't like know metal intricately, doesn't mean I don't hear know what good musicians sound like when I hear them. I... I'm not saying you don't, <laughs> nor do I. And I've done nothing but also say the musicians are very good. And again, I'm saying I would have been fine giving purely the Dave Mustaineless uh Megadeth like an eight. Okay. I think they deserve to touch that. Once you get into could be rounded up to nine, mm-hmm. I think you're talking like literally arguably the greatest of all time starting in that category. Okay. And once we get to nine or above, it's If I look at a list of musicians, they could be number one on this list. Mm -hmm. And obviously we're not there. But at the same time, I don't think we're as high as you're starting. Okay. And I think I think we're arguing subtracting. So we just have a we have a different we have a difference of opinion on how how good these musicians were. But I'm trying to come down to you. I I No, you're trying to to subtract for Dave Mustaine, which I I think think is an accurate subtraction. But I think that's an accurate subtraction, but I still think with you starting it, we're starting half a point apart and then subtracting the same number for Dave Mustaine. That's okay. the problem. And you're trying to make it about, well, I'm coming down anyway. It's like, no, you also hated Dave Mustaine. Of so course, you would already be subtracting points did, for him. But obviously, like he didn't. I was like, oh, the vocals are pretty terrible on this. But I was pretty much able to ignore them the entire time and listen to the music, I, which okay. you're not capable of doing. I mean, for, well, first off, I did say how good I thought the music was, so clearly I'm capable of it. Sure, no, no, no. In, in terms of your personal opinion on, on a piece of music, if the vocals are bad, you're not going to like it. If the vocals are bad, I still might like a piece of music because if I like everything else. Whereas, flip the script for Disturbed. The vocals are good, so you're more inclined to like it, even if everything else is bad. And the vocals are good, but everything else is bad, so I can't stand it. Again, I I don't know. I think you are making some generalizations there because uh, yeah, I have agreed with you consistently. Generalizations aren't I have agreed with don't... you consistently on how bad I thought a lot of the music of a lot of the instrumentation in Disturbed was. So like I think you are you are making some generalizations okay, on my a opinion. Take 6.9 and let's move on. Well, I don't want you to just give me a 6.9. You don't I, think it I'm, should be there. No, but what it's we could just argue about this for 30 more minutes or do we want to end this episode sometime before I die? <laughs> I'm I'm fine either way at this point. Okay. 6.9. Instrumental for Disturbed. I agreed with what you said earlier that it is a maximum of a 5 because Correct. of Draymond bringing everything else up. There was nothing interesting happening ever. There was never an indication that any... Yeah. I'm sure all the other musicians in the band could play better or more interesting things. Yeah. I don't want to call into question their abilities. They just don't show anything on the records ever. Ever. Sure. So I would definitely be below average... Um, for everybody else uh, a good bit i mean that's I would, fine with me i would prefer a score in the fours sure i mean here's the question where do you want to start and we'll add points for the vocals same way we did okay. with megadeth where we subtracted points for sure the vocals. i mean i was thinking of a score in the fours overall like okay i'm probably in the threes otherwise at best sure honestly because there was nothing to to grab hold of like i'd be maxing out in the threes for the other musicians here's what i'll tell you Here's my thought process. I, in my head for Megadeth, had a a 1.5 off 
for Mustaine just being a detriment throughout every album. Sure. And there was no reprieve. Similarly with with Disturbed, I had a 1.5 in the positive for Draymond being the saving grace of a mediocre at best band. So where you are wanting to start, I I was thinking like around a 3.3 to a 3.5. Okay. Cuz I think they were boring musicians who were at best pleasantly forgettable and that's when they went more acoustic stuff Mm -hmm. and then i think at worst they were double bass kind of boring all the stuff that i apparently can't think of when i listen to music according to you i already had those opinions and so i thought like i was thinking probably in between a four six and a four eight then that's exactly what i'll give you right Mm -hmm. in between them songwriting i have very similar feelings here here's the thing you can't take the points off of songwriting no. for how bad the vocals are, and the songwriting is really good. And I think, and I have no. I think problem. it has to be their best score. I think it should be their best score. I think Megadeth had extremely high songwriting prowess. Yeah, I think they vary their musicianship, and I think this category is where you're getting even. Like I think this is the score. That like if you had argued an eight point five in songwriting and not instrumental talent, sure. I would probably have just agreed with you flat. Fair enough. Like I think I think you I I, I literally think you fell for it. That's that's like the, the vibe. It's but, like I think you, I think the songwriting is so tight and so varied that it makes the revolving door of musicians sound better than they are. Okay. And I think that I think that there are a bunch of musicians who did their job. And they and that's why you don't well. have a single memorable moment. Okay, I like that. I don't, that was, you like I never have memorable moments about stuff yes, unless I already know it. That's not okay. That's not I don't true. know. I listened to something one time. It's hard to remember the specifics. Right, but, but I would be okay you, with an eight. I'm, and a half I'm, t- I'm telling you, Nick. Maybe it's just because it's, this is season six. Mm-hmm. You I, you have quoted in your notes that you've written as you've gone. Sure. And been like this moment was stuck out to me. This and, moment yeah, stuck out to me. Yeah, and that's true. And usually, and, but, when I have a notebook with me uh, to do it, I'll write it down right away. And if I don't, then I just have to write in generalities about okay. the songs that I've heard. And like, for instance, if I'm driving to work and I've heard 25 minutes of an album, I, I don't remember specifically what song or where in it something happened, but I remember generally the style or the things that stood out to me about an instrumentalist. So when I'm writing my notes afterwards, I write in broader strokes. And if I have my notebook in front of me and I'm taking notes actively during the songs, then I'm more likely to pick those things out. But that's the reason. Look, I'm willing to concede that difference, but I, I just... For me, like the times when I've argued to somebody up there, mm-hmm. when I've argued somebody that high in the in the previous category, even if I even if I was driving on the way to work, or if I haven't if I wasn't able to just take down notes live as I went, like I would have those examples just because like I would want to talk about them. Sure, and I it just it though. it just I but, forget instantly, and then I write have. down in general. Right when I have my notebook with me, I guess. like that's I the just, whole difference for me. I just again, whatever. I'm not gonna parse back on it. Again, it doesn't matter. I think the songwriting made the musicians, and I Fair. think this is a high category. And the eight and a half that you threw out there as a number, I'm more than happy to take. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I think they deserve it. Okay, 
Look, I, and I'm not going to argue songwriting talent high for Disturbed. I think it's repetitive. It's really bad. I think it's boring at best. I think the one thing that gives them a little bit of a bump is they're not afraid to do two things that I like. Take covers and make them very distinctly their sound. Whether you like it or don't like it, they do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that like fans of this band would like. Like, sure. oh, I like Disturbed cover, Disturbed's cover of Shout or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else cover they do besides just Sound of Silence. Yeah. They did that U2 cover. Like, taking a song as a cover and making it distinctly your own is a talent, and I think they do that. The other thing that I think they do is they are not afraid to completely vary their genre, particularly after Sound of Silence, getting more acoustic, getting more broken down, doing those things. Not arguing high score because the rest of it is negative. Mm-hmm. Just giving the positive light there. Sure. I would be fine giving them, you know, I would I would maybe even cap it a four. Yeah. Like I th- cap. Right. I think I think they're uh, I think they're a below average songwriting group. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think this is a group that probably potentially has more talent than they ever show on a record. This sure. is a group that is like entirely held back. Everything that's bad about this group is because their songwriting doesn't allow them to be what they could be. I think their songwriting makes a group that has the potential to be much more than they are much worse than they are. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you just <laughs> like, just a, a a fun fact about uh, mostly Dave Mustaine, but also Disturbed again. I might I don't think I said this earlier. If I did, I'll just say it again. I don't care. Say it again. When Dave Mustaine auditioned for Disturbed, uh, he had a previous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Correct. What? He had a previous relationship with uh, Steve Kamak. Uh, in like a previous like project they'd worked on, but he auditioned for the band. They were looking for a vocalist. He impressed them because he came in with his own original work. Sure. And so they were really impressed. They offered him the gig. He came this close to not taking it because it was so vastly different from the funk oriented music he'd been making previously. Okay, so you've mean you've been meaning to say Dave Draymond instead of Dave Mustaine this. Oh, sorry, I've been meaning to say Dave. I was Draymond. like, what the. Fuck sorry, are you talking sorry. About? What? They're Dave both named Dave. Was almost in disturb. <laughs> Look, like that was about both to be a crazy Dave. revelation to me. Like, wait a minute. How did I not see anything about this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Dave Draymond, when he auditioned for Disturbed, had worked with Steve K. Mac before. That he like was like, hey, come in and come in and audition. Like we're looking for a singer. Blah blah blah. Had been previously like way more funk oriented, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Just, just a little fun fact. Um. Uh, but yeah, I'd be fine giving them like I don't know, like a three seven. Okay, yeah, because my my number for their original work is honestly in the twos. Um, I'll give you the three seven because sure. I just it's fine. But I just know that this is the worst band I've ever listened to. All right, go out of town. You can't mean that. No, I don't. <laughs> it's just the band that pisses me off the most because they're the band that does the least with the most. Sure, I understand. Listen, they, I get like, it. I get it. Make me angry with how like wasted they are i i guess i don't know okay uh i'll give megadeth like a one and a half for lyrics and then i'll move on yeah, they're, gar- I mean, they're garbage they're they're, they're garbage, garbage. <laughs> every every there wasn't a single moment of a single track uh i mean i i it got to the point where i would i read some of the meanings behind the lyrics and i was like damn you could have probably written a good song if you tried about your sure you, you meant to write a good song I, I i don't know where you went wrong with the uh, writing part, the words. Yeah, yeah, that's that's better. I mean, listen, comparing Disturbed and Megadeth is like, and I mean this, comparing Shakespeare to like 
a half dead meth addict behind the your local Seven Eleven in terms of lyrical quality. That doesn't mean Disturbed is a great lyricist, sure. a great band for lyrics. Some of the things they do well, they write hard hitting subjects, which we typically enjoy. Mm-hmm. They talk about real life problems in their songs, dealing with addiction. Dealing with depression, dealing with mental health, dealing with loss, dealing with grief, dealing with love. All of those things are subjects of their songs. They shy away from the typical, you know, hardcore devil worship, satanic panic garbage that has been rampant throughout the genre. I think changed originally by bands like Linkin Park where they started talking about the real stuff. Disturbed followed into that and did it very well lyrically. There are still songs where the lyrics are bad. Down with the sickness, one of their most famous ones, is one of them. Uh, yeah, they're really and bad. and I think there's a couple that are in that same vein of like maybe not fully diving into it in their early work, but later on getting more involved with it. All of that being said, I would be fine with this band being in like the mid to high fives. Sure, whatever you give me a number because I couldn't I think, even hear the words honestly. I think like. Honestly, a 5.6 is the high fives fine for them. And that is what they shall receive. X Factor, um, uh, I guess there's consideration for the fact that Megadeth is a member of the big four. Um, it's at least something to, to put out there. Um, they do have a legacy in the metal community for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you could probably argue similar points for both of these bands in terms of X Factor because you take the big four quality of uh, Megadeth coupled with the the record of the five consecutive number one U.S. sale U.S. debut. It's actually, in the chart. not even the point that I want to give Disturbed here. Sure, I mean we can give them other ones as well. The the thing I want to give Disturbed is the introduction of the sound. Wah, ah, 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 into <laughs> into the public. That's discourse. actually not a because bad because there point. was a time right around the year two thousand where where everyone yeah. and their mother was just trying to go oh, wah, ah, 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 yeah over and over and over and over and over that's and over true and over again. Uh, I <laughs> I would be fine giving them a point four for the record, the okay. five consecutive number one released in the U.S. Only Metallica and Dave Matthews have done that. And, and that a point are, one for a while. And a point uh, one for the Uwa-a-a-a. Okay, very good. Uh, and what does Megadeth get for, for being a big four? I mean, being part of the big four, it's hard to argue like their overall reach and everything like that. I think right. you get some X factor for that. I you mean, you could argue. In terms of like being foundational to thrash metal as a genre right. and it's not they're not the only group to do that they're not necessarily the originators or any part sure. of a part of it but like they get fractional points it could be like 0. 0.3 or something i would be fine all of those things combined just also giving them a 0. 0.5 okay and then we have scores and uh losing or winning i forget how we do now that there's only two winning we just do just winning do winning okay winning this week with a score of 28.4 Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Is Megadeth. And in second place this week is Disturbed with a 23.7. And thank goodness for next week (laughs) is all I can say. Understand. next week uh, I think is going to be a little bit better. Things are going to finally start to go up my alley. They're going to get a little proggy next week. They got heavy this week. They're going to get proggier next week. 
which is bad news for me. Oh, it's such excellent news for me, though. No, it's bad news for me because here's the problem. Don't rush you, to any judgments here. You were this vehement about Megadeth, a band who, if tomorrow all of their music was wiped off the face of this earth, you would sleep like a baby. Of course. I don't care about Megadeth at all. But I just were... heard things that I thought were surprisingly very good. I mean, Nick, not 10 minutes ago, you were saying this is one of the greatest bands of all time, basically. Arguing in the eight and a half in multiple categories for this band. Yeah, they have two things that they do a very excellent job of. And now we're talking about two prog artists, which means, like, I'm already, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the well of opinion here. And we'll have to claw my way up for anything. And you know it. I took off tons of points for you today. I'm just saying, we've had this discussion before. When Prague is on this podcast, you are like, well, I think the baseline's a nine, and I think we could go up from there. I mean, find better artists to go up against them. I don't know what you want me to tell you. You picked the artist, damn it. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, (laughs) what are you talking about? Uh, There's some garbage coming up soon enough, I'm sure. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just saying, I'm fighting an uphill battle here, people. Sure. I need y'all. I need y'all. I need all of your support. Because even if I like a, a prog band, as we've discussed previously on this podcast, I have to be careful. Because if I like them too much, Nick will be like, well, then 10s in every category. Mm. Clearly. Clearly, they're now, they, they, have, uh, they are the greatest musicians of all time. And they all deserve 11s, actually. We're going to break the scale. If we could. If there's a way to do uh-huh. that. Well, I would like to bring the 11 in. Theoretically, we made the scale. We could break it at any time. Yeah. Just want to be clear on that. But I just need the audience Everything's arbitrary. to know. I just need the audience to know the, the fight. That I'm fighting the good fight for you people. Meh. I'm fighting the good fight. because How do we spend end, two hours talking about metal? Let's sign off. Sign off. I'm I will done. never sign off. I'm. Uh, this is a three-hour episode now. Uh, We're getting into it. Uh, but right, I have well, a couple things to say. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. You have been wonderful. Uh, don't worry. Nick and I still love each other, even we when we get in our little tizzies. We do. Uh, and then while I'm thanking you all for having a great day, which I know I said before the end of it, uh, because instead I'm going to end with this. Fuck Dave Mustaine. Yeah. And Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> and Jerry Lee Lewis. I, we're just going to add people to the fuck yeah. them list as I we agree. continue. Uh, through the podcast, and they both are worthy, uh, worthy people to be on it. But seriously, have hey, a bye. great day. Bye.